0: Come, Come here. here.
1: Get off.
0: Today we're talking to Fiona Zed, pronouns she and her. Jamaican Bone Zed is the author of more than thirty novels, including the Lambda Literary Awards finalist Bliss and Every Dark Desire. Her novel, Dangerous Pleasures, received a publisher's weekly starred review and was a winner of an About.com Reader's Choice Award for Best Lesbian Novel or Memoir. Under the name Lindsay Evans, Fiona also writes novels of romance and recklessness for Harlequin and other publishers. She loves French pastries, English cars, Jamaican food, and she writes a lot. Her latest novel, A Lover's Mercy, is available now. Hey, Fiona. Thanks hey. for joining us. Oh,
2: thank you for inviting me. So, we just heard your fabulous bio. By the way, I love the pastries, cars, Jamaican food. We got to okay. kick it one day. Um, but we always like to ask what did little Fiona want to do when she grew up? Oh,
1: my gosh. What? How little? Whatever
2: first <laughs> comes to yes, mind. It's as
1: far back as you want to go. Interesting. The first thing I thought about was just to learn to write cursive, to be the first one in all of my friends to write cursive. because (laughs) That's a talent and a slack zone. I love it. Not a really big, you know, aspiration, but just like I wanted to be first. And it was something so geeky, like, oh, yes, I want to join my letters. Well, most
2: kids these days can't write cursive. My son writes like a serial kid. <laughs> well, title, they don't so, teach um... them
0: anymore unless they go to Montessori. So my kids started out learning how to write cursive before she learned black letters, but that's weird. They don't normally do that.
1: That is interesting. Yeah, I thought it was just sort of a basic thing, but I know Not I'm anymore. behind in the times. So. They use computers so
0: much that they don't even literally teach them handwriting anymore.
2: They don't even teach. I had to teach my son proper spacing. Like... This is how you link so that it's not just, yeah, it's bad. And I thought the teachers would at least say something mm-hmm. to them, and they yeah, have yeah. not. So, all right,
1: then,
2: yeah, so, um, yeah, you're winning
1: <laughs> for thank you. <laughs> so yes, I was the first, and I used it every chance that I got. Not very legible, Great. but you know. It, it was all. They were all joined together. It's details. Details. Yeah, exactly. So, what drives you to write? What drives me to write? Um, I just have these stories in my head, um, or I'm wandering somewhere, as I would love to do today, and then some a story occurs to me, or I see I see a couple talking, and I imagine what they're talking about, or what they're fighting about, or what they, what they'll do after they leave the public space, and that is want to write the story. So. I feel like every time I go out into the world, a story comes to me and I have to write it down. If I finish, that's another question. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: how did you, I know, you know, you started out cursive was it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did you get to the point where you decided that you were going to be a professional writer? Like what's your origin story?
1: Oh my God. That sounds so intense and so like superhero, right? Because you're a superhero. You are a superhero. (laughs) That's so nice. I love it. Um, My origin story, quote unquote. I have always been a big reader. Like my mom, when I was in the belly, she read to me. And so I think I came out just wanting to uh, read the stories for myself and to absorb these stories on my own. And once I was able to read them, then I wanted to write them. And... um, Joined with the whole obsession with learning how to to write cursive, like, once I learned how to write cursive letters, I wanted to actually, like, create a story from these letters. And so it just seemed like a natural progression. Like, it's all my mother's fault, basically.
2: (laughs) You blame her. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) You had a lot of really big career milestones. Which ones are you most proud of and why?
1: Oh my gosh, career milestones. I think for me, like the biggest thing was when I was able to get my book published. Mm-hmm. Um, it was It was sort of, it was a quick transition from, okay, I finished my book. Um, I finished it to my satisfaction. I have an agent and then it, it was really fast, but it took me a long time to actually finish something. And so... <laughs> Um, it sort of validated for me like if you just do your work and complete your work (laughs) you will get rewarded by you know money and books being published so (laughs) that was for me that was huge and um, yeah that just sort of started the whole the whole train that was like book number one but you know it went on and on and on and so now I should be writing my I don't know what number it is but I was working earlier today (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that was the biggest <laughs> milestone for me, like, huge. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. What? So you just said that you were working earlier today. I'm curious about mm-hmm. what your work days look like right now. Like, how do you structure your writing?
1: I need more structure. Um, right now, because of everything happening in the world, I think my, my work schedule is just a mess. Um, I get up and I you know, do the news thing for way too long. And then the, the day sort of like falls in line more or less. But when I'm on my game, you know, work day perfectly like arranged, typically I get up around between eight and nine and then have coffee, have some fruit, and then just start working by mm, 10, 11, and then take a break after a couple of hours Eat lunch, mess around, internet, and then after that, back to work. So it's like a little boring schedule, but I also have um, my writing partner, Sheree, who lives in Florida. We call in by Skype every eh, four days a week, and then we we write together, like literally write together. She's on Skype. I'm looking at her face, and I'm writing. She's looking at my face. And um, yeah, we
0: push each other. Is your writing partner Sheree Greer? Mm Mm-hmm. Shut up! <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's dope. We're having Cherie on the show later. <laughs>
1: um, oh, how funny!
2: Yes, yes, she's so awesome, right? Oh. Yes. Did not you know, know that. We're learning that. There <laughs> it's a very is small a, world. It's a very small it's world. It's a very small world. Yeah, <laughs> I love it though. We we want to big up Black femme writers, and yeah, we're finding that all the good ones roll in a pack. So. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, sure you are.
0: So I have a writing. I came up in magazines, and I write nonfiction. um, And I have my writing partner. So I'm like, oh, yay! Somebody who you get to work with. Like, writing is such a solitary thing, Mm -hmm. and I did it for decades without even considering the idea of what it would be like to do it with a partner. Until my partner was like, we should work on this thing together. And now it just makes everything better. Like we write books mm-hmm. together, we do, we take on consulting projects, like we do everything, and it just makes things better.
1: Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, it pushes it does. you. And it you don't realize how much you're you need it. Shit. <laughs> yes, yes. And like for me, I'm like I'm so easily distracted by everything, and so Sherry's like, okay, bring it in, bring it in. You have to get things done. If you don't get anything done, I can't read anything of yours. So just make my life easier and just work. You know, so it's, yeah. I worked for a long time by myself as well, and so it's it's like a one eighty. It's amazing.
2: Mhm. Yeah, that's really cool. See, power is strength in numbers. Yes, when it's black people involved. I was bust out into a song, but I'm not feeling particularly creative. You're not Give me a second. I will. I am inspired, just can't come up with a good song. But maybe later. You know. There's always
1: space for that.
2: Yes. So you were born in Jamaica. Yes. You currently live in Spain. Mm-hmm. So, how do the places that you live have lived influence your work?
1: They do quite a bit. Um, like I love traveling, and I think more so the places I travel to inspire my work than the places I live in, um, because it like once I left Jamaica, of course, when I left there when I was you know eleven, twelve, thirteen, so. I wasn't writing too much back then, but it was years later when I was accessing memories from, from back then that I like just felt automatic and right and perfect to write about Jamaica. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, I almost, you know, like pull in a space into my creative life when I'm away from it. So, mm-hmm. um, I probably have an Atlanta story sometime in the next year and a half, um, and who knows if I stay in Spain, I probably will. Uh, I might write something about that later. <laughs> How long have you been in Spain? Not very long. Um, since January, full time, but oh, I've been back God. and forth for two years.
0: All right, yeah, that's not long. <laughs> yeah, not
2: at all. Your writing partner was in Spain for a while, right, Cameron?
0: Yes. She lived in uh, between Barcelona and she was in Lisbon in Portugal. So it makes for interesting timing, as you know, like trying to match things up so that we can work at the same time. But yeah. she's back in the States right now, so
1: That's lucky. It's like a what, six hour time difference.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see how long she just she just had a baby and she's already itching to leave. Like once there's a vaccine, she's like, I gotta go. <laughs>
1: I understand get
0: out of here. that, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that. I'll be sad because it'll mean that my nephew is not here, but also I get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the world mm-hmm. is so big and, and magnetic and interesting. It's impossible to, to, like, I don't know, not hear that siren call and go out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm here in a really interesting and, and really rich place, I want to keep exploring, whether it's like the countryside or other countries. So it's mm-hmm. hard to stay put. I get
0: that. <laughs> so well, as we said at the top of the show, we read an excerpt from Rise of the Rain Queen last week. Which I loved. Which <laughs> you loved. And so did I. And thanks again for letting us share that scene on the show.
1: Of course. Thanks so for the reaching book out. Is,
0: yes. So okay, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna butcher this. The book is set in the Tanganyika region.
1: Tanganyika. Is that right? From what hmm? I think you, Okay,
0: okay, okay.
1: I mean, I'm open to like, you know, whatever cuz I am not from there, but yes, that's that's what I've learned or if someone yeah. taught me a much of there it was correct. Or, you know. Let right.
0: me region. So in 1414. So I am curious as to why you chose that time and place to set your novel.
1: Yes, so um, I read this essay collection. I don't think you would call it an essay collection. I think it's only by a couple of people, but it's called um, Boy Wives and Female Husbands. And it talked about um, sexuality uh, in ancient African societies, like all over the continent and the that book really just opened up my mind in all these ways. And I think I was reading that book around the time that people were talking about how, you know, queerness came from white people. It came from Europe, you know, it was nothing to do with different African societies. And, you know, even people in Jamaica were saying the same thing they're like, yeah, you know, you get that disease from the white man. It has nothing to do with us. Ooh, so, um, it was a, I don't even know how I found it, but I was so happy to have found this book that talked about all these different ways that we loved each other that people are, you know, just not accepting of in a lot of different black communities right now. And so um, once I read it and absorbed it and just and, and sat with it, I was like, oh, I wanna write about a couple or a, a village or a society that this is normal, this is normalized and this is passed down and this is just one aspect of loving, one aspect of being that is just part of the community. And that's where the, the book idea came from.
2: That's what we love so much about it. Um, like it's, There's no stigmas attached, it's just a thing that's a part of life. Um, so can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about your research process and creating that society?
1: oh i don't even know if there was a process i was just like what if Mm -hmm. you know um and there were aspects that there were things that that the book talked about that i said oh yeah that's perfect you know about the idea of um you know female chiefs or um women who chose their lives and if they chose to live as like not typically female then they would you know get their own set of wives or you know whatever they did that it was it was about what you could afford to do mm-hmm. and uh not about you know you can't do this because you know the chief doesn't do this or whatever so yeah I think it was an in- inspiration there are certain things I took from it but I wouldn't say there was actual like targeted research <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, but there oh, were some totally terms cool. like
0: I saw. I looked up some of the terms and like saw that they were linked to like various you know cultures and different parts of Africa and whatnot. So that's research. Okay. Oh,
2: you, yeah. you know, every day Pushes I fight to be up like and I fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It
1: wasn't That, it, that like. Organized at all, I was just like that. That's really cool. Oh my god, wouldn't it be great if? Well, it came together beautifully, I
0: right? Like it felt
1: like a <laughs> thank you a
0: fully fleshed out <laughs> world, and it I was. know that that's really yeah. hard to do, mm-hmm. and you
1: did it. Yeah, it, it came together really well. Like, you know, I I just remember thinking about the society I wanted to create, but then the rain queen sort of like walked out of the mist on her own and she just she was, she was who she was. It wasn't about, okay, what if what if I do this? What if I do that? It's like, oh, he or she you is showed is fully what she was. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Wow. So
0: in the book, Nye works really hard to make herself into the person that she thinks Dooney wants her to be in the first part of the book. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found yeah, yourself yeah. in a position where you reshaped yourself for a partner or a potential partner?
1: I feel like that's a yes, but I'm trying to, I can't remember when. Blocked it out. (laughs) Like, wait, I think, I think I might have. Hmm." Because it feels familiar. It resonates, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I have, I have this, this woman. She's, she's amazing. Fantastic. And so, and, and exciting and, and like one of those like once in a lifetime so sort of people. Mm-hmm. And so I think there were certain elements of my, my being that I was like, she wasn't really enamored of. And so I tried to sort of like, you know, massage that away or make it smaller or something like that. So definitely I have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it's anything huge, but it eventually was just like, mm-hmm. ugh, that's not yeah. me.
2: Yes. All right. she wasn't for you. It's hard keeping up that shit too long. you know,
1: mhm, so definitely yes. one of
2: the things that I really identify with was Nia's determination, like she would be she was like, Fuck it, i'm a to you say I can't, I'm gonna do it. This is a shitty situation. I got it. um, which one of your characters do you resonate? Do you identify with?
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Because I feel like, you know, in the moment, of course, I'm, I'm, she's occupying me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I could say that, like, I saw myself in in her place at all. Um, Because she was so many things that I am not, you know, whether it was just her you know, kind of like fall the wall, like, I want this woman, I'm going to go go after her, I don't care who's going to, like, I would never do that. <laughs> like, never. <laughs> she, You know, she's defying the gods, all these different things. And like, that's just not me. Yeah. Um, so I think in so many ways, like that story just, you know, I was this tiny essence, like watching it all unfurl, mm-hmm. like I wasn't necessarily like, any of the characters, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know? Um, makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Do you have any characters in any of your other books that feel closely aligned to you and your experience?
1: Uh, definitely Bliss in my first book. Mm. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was my, it was like pseudo, very pseudo, autobiographical. Um, you know, the main character, it was born in Jamaica went to the US, um, had all these things happen to her, and then went back to Jamaica to sort of find herself. So even though it wasn't uh, a mere um, experience, I identified a lot with her, like with her feelings about family, um, her feelings about coming out, like all of that.
2: And what's the name of your first book? Bliss. Okay. hmm
1: Yes.
0: Now I want to know about your latest book. A Lover's Mercy. Can you tell us a bit about
1: it? Ah, yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to go grab it. I'm like, what is it about? <laughs> um, a Lover's Mercy. It was, I love this book. And it, in a, a lot of ways, it was unexpected. Hmm. Um, because I had written the first one um, called The Power of Mercy. And I thought I was done. Hmm. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, and it was—I thought it was done. But then the publisher said, "We'd love for you to do a sequel." And um, when I had done Mercy, I was—I just thought that was it. There was nothing else to really expand upon. She was—her story had been told. She has her happily ever after. She's—that's it. Um, and so, what I ended up doing with a lover's mercy. Was to tell the story of her partner, her lover, her her, her anti superhero partner, who um, in in um, the power of mercy they were antagonists. They weren't. They didn't get along at all. Um, and she's also kind of an ass. <laughs> and so she she says a lot of times, you know, she's not a good person. She, she's effective, mm. she, does, she, she does what needs to be done, she's not around to be liked. And so it was interesting like diving into that kind of personality in order to write, write this book, which is from first, a first person story, which I had never write. So it was interesting in, in all kinds of ways.
0: Mm. Why did you opt to go with first person in this case?
1: You don't have no idea. It just came out that way. <laughs> It came out that way. It might be because I've been reading a lot of first-person stories that were really, really well done in the last couple of years. Um, and for many, many years, I never liked to read first-person stories, and so I never wrote them. And so when I started reading these amazing first-person stories, I was like, oh, I want to try this. Yes, challenge. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's really, really difficult. So, what are you reading now? What am I reading now? I feel like I keep on devouring books and then I forget about them as soon as I'm done. Um, Right now, I am reading this Werewolf Shifter collection. Hmm. Not collection. like A um, series of novels by Patricia Briggs. Okay. And... um, she there's one the Mercy Thompson novels I've read all of those they're like I don't know thirteen of them or something oh, like wow. that and then the other one is I think it's called Alpha Omega novels and um, both sets have a Native American character mm-hmm. which which I find interesting in, in different ways since um, from what I see she's a white woman you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. The writer is a white woman. Mhm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um she has she has a great wait, she has her her world is really really amazing. Um and then and then she there's one word that she always uses that really cracks me up. And she always uses it in the same context. Like she uses boiled a lot. Boiled? So every time like you see
0: it you're like, "All right, boil." <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, her blood boiled. boiled Hurt, yeah. No, she always uses it like in in, in um. She, how does she do it? In in a movement like huh. the 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 mob boiled upstairs. Huh, okay. Like like in this, it, it's it's it was really interesting and and cool the first time, but then I noticed every single That's book she ear. uses she <laughs> she uses that word. And always in the same sense, like huh. in the sense of movement and, and usually um, more than one person, yeah. like a group moving from place to place in, in a really, you know, agitated manner. Huh. So I was like, huh, that's her jam. It's <laughs> when you notice. That's, that's her word. It's like, like
2: when you notice someone saying like, and you're like, uh, okay, <laughs>
1: so, okay mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. And she usually uses, it, I think, only like once. Hmm.
0: It's like Once she's like okay. Book. I gotta get it. Here's the moment in this
1: book. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because this is so funny. Like when and I read all her books like all in like one jump. Mm. So it was super obvious to me. Like oh, here it is again. <laughs> ah, here it is again. You know. When's the boiling stain? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. All right.
2: But yeah, I, they're fun. They're Good. fun. They're fun book. Right. Well, we will certainly um, share and link and all of that um question why do you Answer. write because we're here for questions
1: <laughs> um, why do you write under a pen name um why did i write under a pen name i don't even know why i did it in the first place because my first publisher editor was like why don't you use your real last name and i it's like it's so boring it's Lewis. I was like, it's so boring. And he was like, well, if you use your real last name, you'll be in the middle of the, sh- the bookshelf mm. versus at the end of the bookshelf. And I was like, that's a really good idea. You should have said this right? like five years ago. <laughs> 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 You're like, it's too late. Oh, yeah. Right, it's too, too late. But yeah, I just, you know, it just sort of like... Seemed the thing to do. I I didn't even think about writing under my real name at all. It's like, oh, whatever. I mean, it might have stemmed from sort of, like, subconsciously, like, not wanting this connection to my Jamaican family and being Mm -hmm. like, okay. And I was out in in my world, Mm -hmm. but then, like, family is so separate from, from everything. Like, my mom knows all about me and all this stuff. And then gradually over the years, people have known because they, my Facebook is super public. Um, and so I never had said, oh, I'm queer or whatever, but they, they know, but I think I think that they think that it's a secret knowing. Mm. I'm the <laughs> only one that knows. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing. And then
2: they look in, her, and right, then they're right, in a right. gym with a million other people like, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it, it might've been like, it might've stemmed from that hmm. at first. Just like, okay, let me just, you know, be, not even downloaded, just sort of disconnected mm-hmm. From, mm-hmm. from them. And then after, I was like, there was no point because there's a whole Wikipedia page that says <laughs> 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 everything. <laughs> Where, so then
0: with the Lindsay Evan books, in Evans books, you, do you use that name because your characters tend to be a bit different?
1: Well, the, that Lindsay Evans um, name is like my straight novels, mm-hmm. all of my Harlequins. That's what I meant novels. by characters being different. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a whole different genre. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of like, dual point of view, straight romance kind of mm-hmm. stuff with Lindsay Evans. And yeah, definitely different. <laughs> and that was just to, to separate Fiona from Lindsay in terms of like audience, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of straight women would not read. Fiona's style. Really? Um, but even though my queer audience doesn't mind, you know, it's not their favorite, but they're like, I'll she, try one right? of them or whatever. They know yeah, your the quality right. of
0: your writing, so Aww.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're dope. Yeah, as a straight woman, I like I got to the second part of Rise you of you the straight, Rain Erica? Queen. Okay, I mean, you know, every time every time I say this, Kimberly checks me on it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I'm like more of a like 70/30, okay? So as a 70/30 straighter. Um Okay, so yeah, 70/30 straighter. Uh I like your the second part of the novel once I'm trying not to give I mean, things just away don't want to spoil. but like once things happen I'm like yo this is the best fucking world and like this is the best world to live in like <laughs> yo like I'm trying give me a ticket let me get here so yeah but also I'm 70 30 so maybe that's the 30 of me talking I don't know
1: but probably, probably. yeah
2: <laughs> I, I don't know I mean well, I'm-, I'm
1: happy you enjoyed that world yes
0: <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> I'm curious. I already enjoyed writing it. Yes, you are curious. About what does I I ask this question a lot because I'm fascinated by the answers that Black people give. What does success look like to you?
1: Oh gosh. For me, success is being happy, of course, and then not struggling. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, That's it, basically.
2: That's good. Nice and yeah, <laughs> simple and pure. I love it. Yeah, I don't want a lot. Good. Well, you happiness is a lot, right? So mm-hmm.
1: it, it is though. It is like when you when you have it and it's real and it's lasting. there's it's nothing so like full. it. full. It's, yeah. it's filling. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I like to ask. Carrie is the the serious one. She comes up with serious questions. My contribution <laughs> to this interview are the "Would you rather" questions. So. <laughs> Oh gosh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you rather mm-hmm. know your soulmate your entire life, but be unable to partner mm-hmm. with them?
1: Oh god!
2: Or meet your soulmate and and be able to partner with them for only two years of your life?
1: Ugh. The second one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The second one. Like I. Not that she was a soulmate or anything, but like I connected with a, with an amazing woman for about two years. And when I tell you that it was like explosive and mind-altering and like soul opening, mm. it's over. But I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Mm, wow. You know, I think that I what I've experienced with her will more than likely never be duplicated, Mm -hmm. and because I had what I had with her, it's totally fine with me.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: What about you, Camrya? (sighs)
0: Shit, Um, (laughs) I hadn't thought about my answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would rather be able to be with them for two years. I feel like that would be a blessing. And a spot of joy that I would always be able to call back on. And just because whatever other relationships I got into weren't necessarily with my soulmate, it wouldn't mean that they weren't beautiful and fulfilling and rich. Um, But I would still have that memory, like that, not just in my mind, but like that sense that you have in your body that people imprint on you. Like I'd still be able to carry that with me and I'd want that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What about you, E? Y'all make it sound so beautiful. I just, yeah. I mean, I would, I would go for the second just because I'm not trying to stare at you and want you for my entire life. No. Gimme. Give gimme, give gimme, give gimme. If only for two years.
1: That just sounds straight up painful though, right? It's like, you know, yeah. the most delicious, juicy. Peach in the world, and you're just like right there, right. just beyond your reach, and you know how it would taste amazing, mm-hmm. right? And you you know that it's for you, mm-hmm. but it's also not meant for you, and yeah. you just mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And I, I think you'd always have this um this what if hanging over you that would be a shadow over your other relationships yeah.
2: too. Nothing would satisfy you, yep. exactly,
0: right? So I'd rather yeah have it for two years for sure. That's a great question, E.
2: It is a great question. Thanks,
1: guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Fiona, you said that you were writing this morning. What are you working on? What's up next for you?
1: That you can tell us without spoiling anything. (laughs) Oh, it's fine. I'm just trying to think of how do I even describe this thing that's getting more complicated every day. Um, um, The novel is called The House of Agnes. And it's about, um, a woman, she runs an escort service and, um, someone appears in her life and tries to challenge her, um, her ownership, not even ownership of the escort service, but just to challenge who she is, challenge her life and, um, has to force her to to rethink everything. Hmm. Um... Yeah, yeah. That's super that's super vague. But nah, it's just <laughs> like it's what else? It's a little taste. Yeah, yeah. So taste. like I'm I'm really fascinated by sex work and I think it's it's beautiful and necessary mm-hmm. and I and, and I it want work. sex workers to be it is work. And I want sex workers to be able to, you know, be insured and, and be protected that's and right. I mean they they're working, right? right? And sex workers have been around for forever. And so I wanted to write a story about that, even though what I'm writing now isn't necessarily about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about someone who, you know, she's seen the, the bad side of sex work and wants to make it safer for some people mm-hmm. for, or for those that she's able to make it safe for. Yeah.
2: Well, I think it's great that you're taking this as a topic to set your story in yeah. because I think it helps normalize and make it more, you know, like. When it's not the story about the the ills of sex work, you know, like just it's a mm-hmm. it's a professionist mm-hmm. thing she does. This is a part of her, but it isn't all that she is. I'm assuming it's a female lead, mm-hmm. but if it's a, yeah, yeah, it's it's a queer yeah. story. Yeah, so everyone's like, but I mean, like I I love that <laughs> you know, like I I feel like that's what we try to do also with our sto- with the stories that we pick here. Like we don't want to have a very special episode of the turn on like it's just (laughs) this is a part of life is the shit that happens so yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well i'm excited to read the next book
1: Mm -hmm. i'm excited to finish it i mean it's it's definitely becoming different Hmm. (laughs) a bit more different than i planned so i just hope that it ends up being well done um and that i'll finish on time (laughs) so my editor won't kill me (laughs)
0: Yeah, they do threaten that. It'll be great, I'm sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, Hope so when it's <laughs> done, where will be a- people be able to find it, and where can they find you online?
1: Um, when it's done, they can find it on um, my website, which is Z dot com, dot com, and it'll also be on my publisher's website, Ilva, y l v a publishing.com I always get the last part wrong (laughs) (laughs) we'll be sure
0: to listen
1: (laughs) yeah but yeah it'll be there and it'll be at karis books in atlanta as well so it'll be it'll be around
0: awesome and then on twitter and on instagram you're at fiona
1: zed yes okay twitter instagram pinterest everything at fiona zed
0: Oh, and then your yeah, other that's Your website for your uh, straight work is lindseyevansrights.com.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, that is it for this week's episode of The Turn On. Fiona, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for thank listening. You. Take care.
1: Thank you
2: for inviting. Bye. Yay. This episode was produced by us, Erica and Kenria, and edited by Ballistic. The theme song is from Brazy. First, please leave a review in your favorite podcast listening app. For real, we want to hear from y'all. Send your book recommendations and all the burning sex and related questions you want us to answer to theturnonpodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at theturnonpod and Instagram at theturnonpodcast. And find links to books, transcripts, guest info, and other fun stuff at theturnonpodcast.com. Bye.